Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. I am Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you, except for in this very special bonus episode where we are talking about the state of the podcast. Yeah, this is going to be a semi... I guess, I guess it's more it's technically more formal than a normal episode would be but it's informal yeah. in that we haven't really done this before like um, we're wearing tuxedos but you you can't see that so for you it probably feels very laid back and yeah. similar to you i'm actually confused though i thought we were doing the podcast correspondence dinner so i have a long list of jokes about you that i was gonna <laughs> tell on the pod oh great <laughs> Uh, this should be fun. Yeah, I think. Uh, but basically, uh, you know, if you've, if you've been around the internet, you know that like media companies are folding all the time every day, it seems about like. Um, and lately, you know, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts talk and sort of reminisce about the history of the shows that they've been doing, how long they've been doing it for, and like being amazed that they survived that long. And uh, it sort of inspired me to dig back into some folders on my computer and kind of go like, wait, how long has this podcast technically existed? Um, and it turned out that this podcast was founded in February of 2007, uh, which is 17 years ago. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been a long time. And we thought it might be fun to kind of do a little state of the podcast episode um, to, you know, talk about how, how far we've come, uh, what we're doing now, potential plans for the future. Um, and, uh, you know, don't know where this will go. Don't know how all of you will receive this. Hopefully you find this interesting. Uh, if you all hate it, uh, let us know and we won't do it next year. Uh, <laughs> if you enjoy it, uh, maybe we'll keep it up. <laughs> it's your choice. You're the listeners. We do this for you. And, and maybe depending on how we answer some of these questions, maybe a little bit for us too. But yeah, we have kind of cobbled together over the last, you know, few days or whatever, a couple different categories of questions, and we are going to just kind of like run through them and kind of talk to you guys about the history of the show. So bear with us as we kind of just play through this, and uh, hopefully you find something to enjoy in this episode. Are you excited to get into this, Stephen? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm still reeling from, we were talking offline, but the revelation that this podcast started 17 years ago, like... I think this is true for everyone, where whatever time it was when you were in college feels like not that long ago. Like, yeah. So if I hear 2007, I'm like, yeah, sure. That is the modern era, right? That's the I'm at Berkeley era. Of course, normal. When you say 17 years ago, that is literally half my life has gone by <laughs> with this podcast <laughs> existing, uh, which is just shocking, <laughs> shocking to realize. Yeah. And, 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 you know, to be fair, the podcast wasn't actively going the entire 17 mm -hmm. years but it was founded 17 years ago there was a brief hiatus in there um which you know we'll get into uh yeah and then it kind of restarted and it's been sort of evolving and growing over the last few years into what it is today um and mm -hmm. hopefully we'll continue to evolve and grow into the future but yeah uh let, let's, should we get into it Stephen? <laughs> yeah let's do it let's okay. dive in agree discuss <laughs> we're not debating shit um, all right. So let's start off. Um, the first section uh, we're going to talk about of, of these questions is going to be about about the show and its evolution. Yeah. For the first uh, first thing we want to talk about is just like what inspired the start of this podcast. Um, and I guess since you weren't there at the origin, Stephen, yeah. you can kind of talk about I'm just what going to take a seat, put on headphones. <laughs> 
but you, you you can talk about like what 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 first interested you in it and sure. and what made you stick through it all these years um so basically um this podcast started as a, a school project i have a degree in visual informing arts i was not always that interested in arts was more interested in the technology side of arts and when i got to my final capstone thing for my degree uh, i had to do like a full semester art project um, and i somehow convinced uh, a teacher who didn't care at uh, professor excuse me uh, who didn't care about uh new media at all <laughs> that letting me do a podcast that talked about film was a legitimate viable project to do for school mm -hmm. um and i basically collected a bunch of uh colleagues at the school all of which uh weren't super into podcasts at all um and all got them together to start recording a weekly podcast uh with me and that was sort of the beginning of of how this all started and it's kind of insane that it's still going uh, the way it is. Uh, so, I mean, I yeah, guess it's... So can you can you paint the landscape for me in 2007? Because I'm pretty sure the spoiler warning is the first podcast I listened to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I was a big Apple guy uh, in the past, uh, which I, I know it's hard to believe now, Stephen. Um, Shocked. <laughs> Chris is wearing three Vision Pros while he's talking right now. Um, yeah, I need. I, you can only do one monitor in the Vision Pro, so I mm -hmm. need to have three Vision Pros so I can keep all my monitors going at once. Um, but anyways, yeah. um, well, well, it's like your piece about the headphones that you wear inside the headphones. You you need another Vision Pro to do your gaming while you record yeah. a podcast. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So so basically. You know, I was big into Apple stuff. I my first job out of high school, um, the 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 company for Christmas bought us the very first iPod when it came out, um, and I just when Apple released the the podcast, uh, not store, but you know what I mean, like the their directory when they they basically were they basically mainstreamed podcasts for me, um, and then simultaneously there was the whole crap that went down with like G4 and tech TV or that sort of television network sort of collapsed. And I followed a bunch of those people into the podcasting industry and sort of got really, really into podcasts then. So by the time I got to school, you know, I was, you know, tugging around this, this, uh, podcast that was like, there were two things there. There's there two things on my iPod. There was, music from the early 2000s sure. uh, that is still true by the way that's <laughs> yeah, still true um and i just stopped listening to radio and i was just listening to music and podcasts and then eventually i started listening to only podcasts and i stopped listening to music uh so yeah mm -hmm. it is true like my entire music collection is from like 2001 um but anyways digress a little bit um yeah like People weren't really listening to podcasts that I knew of. Like when they'd be like, oh, what's a podcast? You'd be like, well, it's like a radio program, but it's like you download it and you can listen to it whenever you want. And it's like now it seems silly that anybody didn't know what a podcast was like at any point in time. Um, but it was mostly a thing where it was like I wasn't even necessarily trying to emulate specific podcasts out there when I started the show. It was mostly like a how do I use skills of like managing an RSS feed, building, building a website, <laughs> you know, doing, doing all these like technical things. And the podcast was like the excuse to do all those things and get people together to talk about film. So that was kind of how it started, but there wasn't really a landscape of podcasting for the people that I interacted with normally. It was sort of like this weird, like niche thing that some people were into listening to some guy shout into the internet about like, Mac computers and stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because I remember, not to jump ahead of, of the story, but I remember when you first invited me on the podcast around, I, it was probably episode like 40 or 30 something. I think it was like double digits, but relatively low double digits. And I did not even have an image in my head of what recording a podcast looked like, what it meant. All I knew in my head, I was, quote, on air. And I remember the first (laughs) time I did it, feeling genuinely nervous as if whatever I say, this is one and done. If I I stutter, if something goes wrong, it's just going to be on tape forever. It didn't even occur to me that people could edit (laughs) anything. And and well, yeah, like you, you really, Chris, you taught me not only how to podcast, you taught me how to listen to podcasts. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully we've helped other people learn how to listen to podcasts over the last 17 years as well. Yeah. Cranking that speed dial up one, <laughs> one year at a time. Dude, we'll, we'll we'll get into it later. I think there's a question we had on the list about like the advancements in technology. But when I got yeah. a editor where I could edit sped up, that was a oh, game yeah. changer. <laughs> now, now no one has to hear us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, do you want to say anything else about the beginning or should we go on to... Yeah, I, I mean, the the only other thing I'll say is, so you invited me to join. I'm pretty sure Public Enemies was the first movie I was ever on reviewing with you. I was really excited about it. Um, I would not say movies were a uniquely big part of my life, but my whole friend group, like a lot of them worked at the local movie theater. So we watched mm. almost everything that came out and we definitely had this idea that it was cool to see like the quote, really good movies. Like I had already seen eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and being John Malkovich and a few of those kind of like classic thinky movies that everyone talks about. Um, yeah. So I loved the idea of being on a podcast and trying to talk about it. And I remember being very nervous and also writing a lot of notes for what I was going to say about this movie. I fully have forgotten. Um, I didn't even know it was a Michael Mann movie when I watched it. That came like 10 years later. I was like, oh, really? That that thing? <laughs> um, but what I enjoyed about it was it made it made it feel like there was a purpose to this pastime of watching a movie, right? It, it gives you yeah. some kind of goal to march toward. And for me, because I'm a little broken inside, all of my hobbies need to be goals in some way. Like, I'm very yeah. bad at just relaxing and enjoying a thing. I need to relax and enjoy it the most or the best or because I'm going to record a podcast every week for the rest of my life or I'm going to write reviews about it. And this was... um. I don't know. It was just kind of addictive. So I started really wanting to be on as often as you would invite me. And then over the course of maybe two years, I think it pivoted from me being an occasional presence if I was down in Escondido from Berkeley to me being on basically whenever it would work out. And then it took a few more years before our switch to remote when it became weekly. But I I was hooked from the beginning. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to jump once again, don't want to jump ahead too far to other questions. But there was a there was a thing that happened that forced us to go remote from recording in person, um, which was like, oh, we could just do this remote and it's actually easier and you get cleaner audio doing it that way. This is a game changer. (laughs) And it made it it just was perfect. (laughs) Unless you think we are talking about COVID, uh, we discovered this way before COVID. 
<laughs> we were going remote long before COVID. Even when we were in person, we were recording locally on our own machines like you would if you were Zooming with two people. But yeah, and, and also to piggyback on what you were saying, like I, you know, I, I started with a little preamble about like part of the project for me was all about the technical aspect of producing a show and doing everything that comes with having a show exist on the internet as my way of saying like, see, I did technology stuff related to art um, in school, but the reason why I chose a film podcast and not just like a random podcast about any other topic like video games or something like that was because I like, you know, growing up, I watched a lot of film. Uh, you know, my, my parents separated when I was younger. And when I would go visit my dad on the weekends, we would always go to the movies, right? We were always either going to movies or going to Blockbuster and renting like, <laughs> you know, whatever was available. So I watched them all the time. And then as I got older and I could like take myself to whatever was more interesting than like whatever we found that had a good cover at the Blockbuster, um, then I started to like develop my own interest and stuff like that. And there is some there is a difference between like going and seeing a film and going like, oh, yeah, I liked it or, or nah, not for me. And then walking out and never thinking about it again. Right. And it really takes sitting down and talking with people to really fully understand how you actually feel about about a film. And like a good example is like After Sun, right? If I yeah. would have walked out of After Sun and not talked to a single person, because in, in real time watching After Sun, I did not care for the film. And right at the end, I was like, oh, shit. And then, like, driving home, I talked about it a lot. We talked about it a lot on the podcast. And, like, yeah. by the time I was done with all the after part of After Sun, I was right. like, holy shit, that film is great. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I think that having this thing that we have committed to where we're going to get together and talk about these films has become like an enriching part of the film watching experience. Um, it's also become a scary part of the film watching experience because I can't, you know, once again, getting into future questions, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. I, yeah, I think yeah. we'll, we'll talk a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Let's let's move on. Um, so question two, can you share some memorable moments or episodes that stand out over the years? And I know that it's hard to go back into our catalog. So like we can kind of mm -hmm. just talk about general things, but you got yeah, any of those? I've got, I've got a couple. I've got a couple. I mean, one. So one thing that was a big change for the podcast, and it was great, uh, was when you moved up to San Francisco in, I want to say, beginning of 2015, end of 2014, um, something, something around then. Um, yeah. And that meant we started not only recording these episodes together, we started watching the movies together, I would say the majority of the time or close to yeah. the majority of the time. So a lot of my favorite moments are actually watching a movie together that we would only watch because we knew we were recording a fucking podcast episode <laughs> about it. Um, the canon, the one that I have to point to, it happened at the Century Cinemas Mall, uh, the the theater on top of the mall that is now defunct in downtown san francisco it was saturday afternoon the film was dirty grandpa the man <laughs> a few rows <laughs> behind us we have deemed spence a chaotic extremely high character who laughed loudly through that horrible movie and i will never forget um enjoying hating that movie with you um yeah the the other type of memory that i wanted to kind of tease into a little bit was there is lore in the podcast of episodes that have never been released. Um, <laughs> as the guy, as the guy who edits these episodes, you probably hate the fact of these existence because 
you probably tried and then threw up your hands after, you know, an hour of attempting to make it sound legible and just gave up. But, you know, sometimes, especially I would say in the in the mid years of the podcast, when we were in San Francisco together and still living, you know, our kind of more bachelor lives, maybe. Yeah. Um, we tended to knock back a few beers whenever we recorded. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, we even went through a, a phase on Instagram where f- we would record like three movies in one night and we would show like a beer for every movie we uh, <laughs> we were recording. And occasionally you overdo it on accident. Um, and so there are a few episodes that have never been released that I have never heard, but I was there. I know Aloha exists. Oh, man. I know we recorded it. Uh, I know Extraction exists. Yep. <laughs> and... Um, and those I cherish. I, I I love those experiences. Yeah, I, I think I think uh for for Aloha, I'm pretty sure I called an audible mid recording and just said, you know what? I know I'm not gonna release this episode. Let's yeah. just hit stop and enjoy the rest of our night. Yeah, yeah, um, you did the equivalent of like throwing throwing your keys to the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh as opposed to that one, for the extraction review, I just did a uh, what was Ben Affleck the look back or the the way back or whatever the uh, way back yeah 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 I just did the uh, I just did the continually walking to the freezer <laughs> grabbing another beer that's not cold yet um, uh, I didn't actually drink a case of beer I just happened to have one beer that happened to be like nineteen point seven percent alcohol yeah uh, and seven fifty milliliters of that beer to be yeah, precise. Yeah. <laughs> So that was one where, like, I like no joke. I think we talked about this around the time that I didn't release that episode. Where I thought about re-recording my like ADRing the entire <laughs> podcast, and then I realized the amount of work it would take to get there, and I said no. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you basically would have to dub it from this kind of subverbal <laughs> language. <laughs> and no, I, I understood myself perfectly. It's just yeah. A lot of slurring. Um, <laughs> that was great. The, the The last thing I wanted to throw out, and this is probably teasing a subject we'll get to later, too. Um, we've done other bigger festivals in the past. We were at TIFF last year. We were at TIFF a few years before that. Uh, but Tribeca is always going to be something I remember fondly for the podcast. It was our very first time trying to attend a festival. It was 2018. We were living in New York City for two weeks. We were working in the mornings, watching movies in the evenings, recording mini episodes late at night. And I just loved that experience. That, to me, felt like a a great... Only for the podcast would that have existed. Like, I would never in my life have thought to go and get an Airbnb in New York for two weeks and uproot my life and watch movies that I've never heard of before, you know, two or three a night. And yeah. it was just a... That was really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, the the Tribeca was awesome. Just, I mean, it, it was New York. Uh, we spent some time together. We spent some time apart at the end of the thing because that happened to be mm-hmm. the weekend of your anniversary. Um, and the the films were so small. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they're, like we 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 talked before about like walking out of a screening and realizing that like the lead actor is also walking home from the same screening with his friends, just walking through right. the city. He's, he's heading to the subway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're like. This feels weird. It's uh, but it was yeah. cool. Yeah, I I really much enjoyed that too. Um, when I was thinking back, it's it's hard to parse seventeen years of stuff, and I kind of just was trying to think of 
just reviews in general that stood out as as being the type of thing that was that I remember fondly. And I think like films where we had like sort of serious conversations or even if it wasn't mm-hmm. serious for the listeners for us we knew the significance of what we were talking about for that film so i think about things like patterson or up in the yes. air um all the way back that was that was one of the way early ones but like those those sort of reviews where it's like we're putting a lot of ourselves into our thoughts on that film and kind of having deep serious discussions on it um yeah. in a way kind of also worst person in the world uh yeah <laughs> was yeah. kind of a fun review um obviously swiss, swiss army man uh was, was a fun one uh I, I listened back to that that review today just to kind of like re re-put myself in that headspace um some yeah. other fun times i had on the podcast was where uh there was there was one year where for some while i, I don't do new year's resolutions but I came up with a resolution where I was going to try to read the book version of every film that we were going to review that was getting adapted. And mm-hmm. I, I'm sure the listeners hated it. <laughs> but, like, it caused me to approach every single film I was reviewing from a wildly different perspective because I was, like, bringing in this other knowledge. So, like, The Green Knight, for example, yeah. um, or Annihilation. Like, the, the, those, in my head, I remember that being fun for me uh once again i only say it was fun for me <laughs> i liked it. it it brought a perspective that i wouldn't have had to the podcast yeah, yeah. and then and then films that were we were just really really animated as we talked about so like tenet for instance i mm-hmm. think we had a very very lively really fun conversation about that film um also like when endgame finally ended for, like I, I this might i might be misremembering it but i feel like we just went beat for beat through the entire, like it was an entire, it just feels like we were like hitting all the beats and talking about yeah. like the feels and like what it, what it meant to us in that moment and stuff like that. Like that kind of thing was fun. And then also I've been really fond of every once in a while we try to do um, silly reviews where it's like mm-hmm. neither of us have watched the films before in the series. And we just say like, fuck it, we're going to watch all the films. Right. Or, or we've seen a few, but we never paid attention to it. So we just like catch up. Yeah. So like, Trolls and Trolls 2, uh, when we did all the Bad Boys films. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I want to call your attention to the Divergence series, too. I oh, think that yeah. was one. I don't believe we started until the second one, but maybe you did the first without me, and only I had that experience. Maybe I had seen it, but we did. I, I definitely remember a double review, though. Um, I don't remember if we did it for the Maze Runner series, but... <laughs> yeah. I know we talked about the Scorch a lot, but I don't think... <laughs> I don't think we actually did it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, those those are some of the things that kind of like stand out uh, for me. I didn't even bother to think about all the stories around the recording of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I just was so narrowly focused on it. But yeah, I, I do, listening back to some of the reviews leading up to this episode, I do remember... Like we talked in real time where it was like, oh yeah, it would be weird that we would like work... We'd do a full day of work... Then we'd walk to the theater together, watch the movie, and then walk back to the office and then record an episode like shortly after. And like it was just a, you know, big city living sort of fun kind of uh, experience. So it was good times. Yeah, I I loved that. It was definitely that kind of burst of energy where like your whole life is just doing things. Um, I'm tired just thinking about it now, but man, it was was great at the time. A, A lot of those kind of more heartfelt episodes you mentioned 
register with me to Patterson was the first one that came to mind when he talked about that. Um, in a similar vein, I think Manchester by the Sea was one of those for me. Uh, I'll put cards on the table. I was going through a breakup at that time. And so <laughs> any movie about sadness or grief or coming to terms with life uh, was just inherently filled with meaning. And yeah, it, it was very therapeutic for me to uh, to talk about that movie. And then I also remember going back to even in like... 2013 2014 maybe these were just end of the year episodes but i remember talking about like her and short term 12 and these movies that have remained in my head canon for a very long time um yeah. i don't know the context that we talked about them but I, I i always think back to that yeah i i also have manchester by the seed listed somewhere else on this list and yep. i can only see the questions that we're talking about right now but we'll get to it later <laughs> yeah ready, ready to move on all right, let's talk about format changes that have happened over the years, um, you know, since the beginning inception of this podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a quick little funny uh, thing is when the podcast started, I didn't even know what I wanted the format to be. I mean, the, the co-host that I was working with didn't listen to podcasts. There was nothing I like. I wasn't going to give them homework to be like, hey, this is the kind of thing we're trying to do. So it was just like a free form conversation. I had this idea for a very stupid idea that was like the niche that separated us from anybody else who's going to talk about film. And it was that we would review all of the trailers for everything that released that weekend and pick a film to watch, go watch it and then come back and review that film. Um, but the real niche part of it is we would record in the parking lot for the theater in my car. Mm. <laughs> um, you were the original guy doing a youtube video while they're driving their car <laughs> i was doing it way before it was cool <laughs> um but yeah obviously that's been long gone but i mean the, the podcast as a whole has, has been you know we, we've gotten through a lot of formats like right now our format is you know quick hopefully a short amount of banter as we can <laughs> we can manage um and then we just get into the review but we've had times where we talked about film news we reviewed trailers of just like big trailers that had dropped over how much of time we've had what we've been watching segments yeah. and the podcast is sort of like bloated over the years and then been refined down and i think that at some point in time it just became unmanageable to also do the other stuff to bring into the episode and i think we just switched also we started seeing so many things like yeah. there were times where we'd be recording three reviews in a weekend and it was like well there's no point in doing like trailer talk uh what we've been watching and at one point, we actually split all those into separate episodes in the feed. So if you wanted just yeah. the reviews, you could get that. If you wanted just the I trailer talk. It, that um, didn't last long, but I remember it. We did some omnibus episodes, too, in those yeah. days to try and, like, where we split them up, I think, as just, like, bite-sized 10-minute episodes or something. And, and we just did a bunch back-to-back. -back. We tried a lot um, yeah. when our viewing volume increased to the point where it didn't really make sense to do this, like, one a week plus other miscellaneous topics idea. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it was fun, though. Uh, we, we've done a single TV episode, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. We did a season of Russian Doll, yep. um, which was which was fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I think we've always been open to see where the podcast takes us. And obviously, I mm -hmm. guess you could consider the the festival coverage is a pretty right. big format change where we started incorporating that um, which, you know, right. as you've already brought up, was a pretty fun like experience for us and kind of it's one of the more exciting things that we get to do each year. Yeah. It's 
by far the most work because it involves travel and all kinds of stuff. But definitely. it's definitely Especially worth it. Especially the earlier festivals, I'm remembering now, we were committed to having a separate review episode for every single movie we watched at Tribeca and at the first TIFF we attended. We busted yeah. that out, which meant like TIFF, that must have been like 20 episodes or something from five days of movie watching. Yeah, yeah. It was... It was a little rough, and and I like we were working at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, I I like yeah. the roundup approach that we've gotten to now. Though we yeah. do often say, and then we'll do longer reviews of our favorites, and we never do this. <laughs> so maybe in the new year for our favorites, we can actually put a pin in them and have a longer review because I, it is kind of a shame that some of my absolute favorite movies now we only have like five minutes of back and forth about it rather than the more in depth discussion we would normally get to do. Yeah, I, I think I think. You know, I, yeah, I guess what we could do is we could do we could do the real the, the, the roundup while we're there. And then when we come home, we can pick a few things that we wanted to highlight and start a discussion. Yeah. Um, yep. We just have to agree on which ones we want to highlight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Any 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 last things about uh, about format changes over the year? No, I think I think you covered it. Okay, and I guess, too, before we go get off of format changes, we have had revolving hosts over the years. Um, that has been a long, a long thing that has happened. A lot of, you know, close personal friends have joined um, and popped in and out from time to time, have come back, like, years apart to kind of reprise uh, episodes that might thematically be relevant. Rele- rele- I don't know what word I was trying to say, but <laughs> I'm not even drinking right now. <laughs> relevant. Uh, yeah, relevant for... Yeah, I guess relevant. I don't know. I, I don't know where I was going. But anyways, it it is it has been a part of the show, and you know maybe one of these years, if we're if we actually continue these state of the podcast episodes, we might have to try to bring some people back to have little conversations about it as well. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, state of the podcast twenty twenty five. We need to have former hosts and also listeners, aka our significant others, <laughs> on the mic <laughs> to tell us what we're doing well and what we need to improve. But it has to be only podcast related. I don't want to hear anything else. Yeah, nothing about normal life. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. All right. Now we can move on to the next question. Um, what are some unexpected challenges you faced while producing the podcast and how have you overcome them? Um, yeah, before I hmm. talk about technical stuff, do you want to talk about any? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what would count as an unexpected challenge. I think <laughs> just hating your guts. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, this is more of an expected challenge, but it isn't one I thought about early on, is there are, if you hate a movie, there's a ton to talk about. If you love a movie, there's a ton to talk about. Yeah, There's this vast middle ground that has deepened the more I watch things, especially the more I kind of like widen the aperture of what movies I watch, of movies that I appreciate, I'm glad exist. I don't want to dunk on. I get no joy from being negative on them, but I also just don't have more than like three minutes of things to say about them. Yeah. And that in the early days of the podcast, I would hit that. But then we were in a roundtable discussion where I feel like I could get by with only saying 90 seconds and it didn't matter. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Now that it's a two hander, those make me do more work basically, where I need to try to actually write down bullet points of what do I feel about this? What is interesting about this movie? Can I at least like convey why I think what it tried to do was good? And 
that is a challenge that took time to overcome. I think there were a lot of episodes in the in the mid days, at least, where we would be like, yeah, it was fine. It was good. It was fine. You know, like not really <laughs> dissecting it because you didn't yeah, know yeah. how to dissect it. It was just saying the quality. And it, I think the quality is the most boring thing to talk about with a movie. Yeah. And over time, I think I've gotten better at teasing out what is interesting to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm going to save those type of comments for some of the later questions, uh, mm-hmm. just because I think we'll, we'll definitely be able to dive a little bit deeper there. Um, and I'll just talk about some of the technical challenges. Um, I... Basically, for me, uh, I don't know if I'd say I pride myself on, but like, because that feels too whatever, but like, I really care about making sure that this podcast sounds good. Um, Mm -hmm. And when we have episodes, like when we're traveling and the audio is terrible, um, I get so like mad slash sad and I spend way too much time trying to fix it because I want it to be good. And I think that over the years due to all kinds of things you know i don't know maybe uh apple updates an operating system and changes the way their audio drivers work and suddenly two of the exact same mic plugged into the same computer have different clock speeds that cause their audio mm-hmm. to drift when they're plugged into the same freaking audio like there are things that have happened over the years that have just been like you have got to be kidding me what is going on and i think that like you know being like a full-grown adult now (laughs) not like a college Mm -hmm. kid like there is enough money and equipment and stuff going into this podcast to make sure that it almost always sounds good um i still man when we were driving back from san francisco and we caught uh, i was about to bring up (laughs) call me by your name in one of my favorite memories that i knew you were gonna hate (laughs) (laughs) no no no. And, and, and like i i i enjoyed the memory like like Steven and I driving from Northern California to Southern California together, catching Call Me By Your Name at halfway through the drive. And then this genius idea to record a podcast while driving the rest of the way home felt like such a good idea, Steven. It felt like yeah, such a good I idea. I the idea. It was a return of your original idea of being a car guy, <laughs> which is what you always wanted the podcast to be. <laughs> But I just never thought you could move the car. Now I know why I didn't drive around the parking lot when I recorded the earlier stuff. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, I, anyways, like, there's, there's been a lot of things that like kind of made me pull my hair out with trying to keep this podcast going over the years, just from a technical technical standpoint. But I think all those problems led to the podcast being better because we were able to switch to being remote. We were able to kind of separate everything out. We were able to get like clean audio at everybody's house. And we were able to kind of, it just made producing the podcast easier. Um, and then once we, once I moved up to the Bay Area, now we were in the same place. It was like, all right, now it was like a new game of trying to figure out how to record in person again. But it's always been a fun challenge. And it's always been a thing uh, that has spiced up the podcast i should say like having to like all the behind the scenes things trying to figure out how to be like all right we've moved to a new office (laughs) we can't just record in the same space anymore everything sounds different how do we adapt to this new 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 space um so it's it's been a fun thing that like i'm sure most people don't think about uh when you're listening to a podcast like what goes into like you know having everything be there and stuff so yeah all right. Well, let's move on to the next question. Uh, let's talk about, uh, have you noticed any significant changes in our audience <laughs> references or feedback over the years? 
I I thought about just redacting this question, but I was like, fuck it, we're gonna keep it in. <laughs> well, I, I so I I will say that like you know I I left this here because you know we've always joked over the years that nobody listens to us, and that has always been a varying level of truth, right? You know we are right. we are indie podcast. We don't do advertising. We just persist. <laughs> right? Yeah. We we keep shouting out into the ether, and sometimes that shouting hits somebody's ears. Every once mm-hmm. in a while, somebody reaches out. Um, we have started to, you know, syndicate to as many different places as possible, and that has sort of started to slowly grow the audience in very very small amounts and different avenues and stuff like that. And you know, like we don't like I, I wrote honestly, we don't have a lot of interaction from our our users. But like when somebody writes in, that like. You know, in a way that like makes my day, right? I'm like, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, Somebody totally. wrote in. I always try to respond. Sometimes it's a little bit late. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes it might take a while. Um, but, you know, like I always like forward everything to Steven. Somebody wrote in about this thing. And like even more than that, every once in a while, there'll be like somebody who uh, writes it again, like years later. Yeah. You're like, holy shit, that person is stuck with us. This is amazing. Um, and I think that like... You know, we'll get into it a little bit later in, in thoughts on potential features of this podcast. But like I, I, for one, have been very appreciative of any time anybody has reached out to the podcast, even if it's to be critical. Um, yeah. You know, like it, it just knowing that somebody is listening and has listened more than for the first 30 seconds of the episode when they randomly clicked on a thing. Um, so thank you for everybody who's listening, especially anybody who's listening to this <laughs> random <laughs> state of the pod episode. But um, yeah. Just wanted to say that. No, I, I, I totally agree. Um, something I very much believe in on the internet is if you enjoy something a creative person is doing, tell them and tell them specifically what you're interested in. I try to do that with any like writing that I see online from critics and stuff that I admire. Just tell them, hey, I really liked your thoughts on this movie. This was really interesting, really well done. And even people who write for like giant publications they always respond and it always means something to them because almost no one does that yeah, yeah. on the internet. You know, we, we joke, like you said, about having no listeners, but of course every episode gets downloaded a, a solid number of times, right? Like if I actually believed those were all people engaging with me, I would be like thrilled at yeah, the yeah. audience size. But when you don't get feedback, it can be hard to remember or keep in mind the fact of an audience. So yeah, anytime someone writes in, it it always means a lot to me. Just like anything online that gets posted, the one or two comments or people who respond to it, you carry that for a long time, right? And it does actually change the way you do it. So just write to us, please. <laughs> Feedback. <laughs> uh, fans at the spoilerwarning.com. So here's the question. Do I just change, like, was it too presumptuous of me to name the email fans at the spoilerwarning.com? Like, should it just be yeah, listeners? It's bold. <laughs> it's bold that people criticize us on fans at the spoilerwarning.com. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I have I have the admin email account, which is used for various accounts that are required to run the podcast. And then I, I created a fans one. It's the, you're mm-hmm. the admin or you're the fans. Um, and yeah. I, it's always been a thing in the back of my head where I'm like, but we've said it on so many episodes and we've seen that people go back and like people randomly find the podcast through an episode from like mm-hmm. two years ago and we'll write in after having listened to that episode. And it's like, that's first of all, that's awesome. But second of all, yeah, if 
they then wanted to follow us. None of that information at the end of those episodes is real anymore. And it's like if I changed mm-hmm. the email and they actually did, like, what if the the one guy just? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would never say change the email. I'm saying alias that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Make, yeah. make one moving forward that you think is more um, conducive to people reaching out. Maybe one people would use if they were guessing what the email address would be. Yeah. And then have it forward to fans at the spoiler warning. So, you know, no email should ever be deleted. The, I'm a firm believer in no broken links on the internet. The, the funny thing is, it is an alias now because going back to challenges mm-hmm. on oh, producing the podcast, at some point, Google was like, you know what? We've been giving people free emails at their domain for years. We're going to make them charge for this now. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to have multiple emails that I'm just using for the occasional emails. So I got rid of all the right. emails. And then, and then Google said, oh, just kidding. You can have it for free. Our bad. And I was like, but I just deleted the email. <laughs> anyways, anyways. <laughs> um, moving on. Yeah. Let's get to our next category, which is film watching habits and taste evolution. Uh, so, Stephen, starting with you, how have your film watching habits changed since you started the podcast? Um, I would say drastically in in many ways. One is just volume, right? I, I yeah. think even by 2008, I was doing end of the year episodes with you and potentially a few of the other rotating hosts that you had on at the time. Um, and at the time the challenge was coming up with a top five. And the reason it was a challenge was many years I had not seen five movies I thought were really good. Um, (laughs) And that isn't because I'm, you know, as curmudgeon or whatever. No, no, no. That that isn't because I my bar is too high. It's because I'd literally only seen probably like 16 movies that year. And so what are the odds that I'm going to have a killer top five? Um, And that has drastically changed over the years um first of all by the mid 2010s i would say we were pretty easily watching and reviewing over 100 movies a year Uh, maybe we didn't record an episode for all of them but if you include like the mad dash to get our best of episodes finished more than quadrupling the amount i had ever watched at the beginning of the podcast um the sources became much more varied. You know, I got much more into international films, especially after we started attending festivals. Um, I think I became more, just more interested in broadening my horizon. Different genres are a part of it. Uh, One that no one is going to brag about being uh, cultured because they have finally learned to love it. But horror movies are movies I never watched (laughs) before, ever because they scared me and I don't like being scared. I don't like feeling bad. Um, But Christopher has convinced me enough times on the podcast that I had to watch a horror movie that now I still don't go and watch a movie that I think is just going to be jump scares for no reason. But if it is a movie that people are raving about, that people say is good, I am willing to, you know, grit my teeth and bear it. And I found that I love a lot of them. Like I have, I have very good memories about Get Out and Midsummer, even movies that are more jump scary. Like, um, God, I'm I'm forgetting the name of the Demonic Possession trilogy um, that the, we reviewed. The Conjuring movies. Yeah, the Conjuring. Yeah, yeah. The Conjuring movies. I hated watching those so much, <laughs> but the Conjuring one is a great movie, and I am glad to have seen it. Um, 
so the podcast has definitely pushed me in in that dimension as well. And then the final one that has changed in just the last few years is I a criticism we occasionally got in comments on iTunes and then also just from random people I would encounter is these guys are reviewing movies, but it's clear that they haven't seen anything before 1999, right? Like that, that would come up all the time. And I never really hey, cared because I'm like... Nothing before 2007. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I always felt kind of defensive about that because I thought, look, I am keeping up with the modern day conversation of movies. And if I want to keep 100 plus movies a year pumping in, I don't have time to go back and look at older things, and that's fine. Um, yeah. And since about probably 2019, I think, is when I started really digging backwards in the catalog to fill my movie history um, blind spots a bit more. Nowadays, I would say half of everything I watch is from a decade from before I was born. Um, and so my viewing habits have shifted into being all the new things, but then also almost one for one eat my vegetables along with it. Uh, and I say that jokingly because I found that I actually love it and they relate to the movies we watch now in a way that I think helps me understand them better. Uh, so yeah, that was another huge thing that changed. I went from being a guy who could count probably on one hand the number of movies from before 1980 he had seen to a guy who has probably seen, I don't know, 500 movies from before the 1980s now. Yeah, that is one thing that I have been semi-stubborn to do. Um, mm -hmm. And there there was one point in time where uh, there's a website called They Shoot Pictures, mm -hmm. and they had, like, the thousand greatest films of all time, right? Mm -hmm. And at one point, I was like, fuck it. We're doing the list. Totally. And I started a, a list thousand. is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. And I started going through it. And what I found was I was not getting the... I, I wasn't seeing the benefit of some of those films that mm -hmm. were like, this was important because X. And I was like, yes, but is it, do I care? <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm not trying to be completely flippant, but it's a thing where it's like, I, one of the, like, you know, w one of the big discourses amongst people who love film is do you, or do you not watch trailers? Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was excited about watching the trailer so that I could get excited about watching the film and going in, like, you know, completely ignore everything I'm about to say when we start talking about going to festivals. Yeah. I, I generally don't enjoy walking to a film I know nothing about when I'm only watching it because I'm trying to check it off of a list. Um, mm -hmm. And because for me, I feel like I'm forcing myself to watch it. But if I'm generally like, if it's somebody like, oh, there's this old movie from the 50s. You'll love it. It's whatever. I'm like, cool, I'll check it out. But if I'm just like yeah. finding it on a list and watching it, I'm like, I get that this was the first time somebody did X. But if the X thing that they did was not something that speaks to me, then like academically I can appreciate it. But it's like a thing where I'm like, I'm fine with that criticism <laughs> about me. Mm -hmm. But I also have so many other time sync uh, interests that like the idea of not being able to keep up with a contemporary because I'm making time for the past um, is a thing where I, I just, I find myself too distracted in moving forward, trying yeah. to keep up with just all the sources of content that are out there that I don't 
want to invest in going back there when I don't know that I will enjoy it. Um, yeah, and, and it thing. definitely has trade-offs. Like, I, I would say I have not watched as many mid-tier movies that came out in recent years because every time I have that option, I'm like, well, I could do that or I could try to finish the AFI 100 list, you know? Yeah. Um, and And that does change, you know, priority. So I, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. I honestly think too that for me, the world of trying to get into writing about movies is a little bit more um it's more glaring if there's a reference that you missed or a thing that the movie is clearly commenting on that you didn't talk about in a way that a podcast where it's a dialogue between two people who love something, yeah. you you don't necessarily feel the lack of it as much. And also can in particular you are around so many cinephiles who are just like exchanging their creds all the time you start to feel embarrassed when like you don't know any of the directors that they're talking about so there's a little bit of pride uh yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Mix too. and that that's the thing is like when i when i was starting this this podcast i called it a film enthusiast podcast not a yeah. film buff not a cinephile podcast not a i am an expert on jack shit just a somebody who likes to go to movies watch them and then talk to some other living being about those movies yeah. and i was always fine with that demarcation between those two things but i will potentially give you a list i haven't decided yet but along with my normal top 10 slash 20 list which we can we can talk about when it goes wide it will probably be wide before we hit publish on this but it's going in a different venue than it normally does yep. and so on my blog i want to have something that is at least like yes ending that and keeping a record of the fact that i've continued this tradition and one thing i really wanted to do this year is pair all of my pairings with a movie from the 1950s that I saw that I think relates to it in an interesting way or has something to say about it. The most obvious one that I can hook you with is Anatomy of a Fall. Even the name is referencing Anatomy of a Murder, which is a amazing movie from the 1950s where Jimmy Stewart is playing a lawyer, a defense lawyer who is trying to get someone off of potentially the death penalty. Um, and I, I want to sprinkle that in so there will be 10 movies that I think are relevant to movies we've talked about last year. And maybe if you want to dip your toe into something like that, that might be a more manageable list to try to comb through and see one or two if if you like them. And then if you don't, then you can just ignore my opinions about old movies. <laughs> and it'll be fine. <laughs> and no, that's, that's the thing is, like, you you generally know my taste. And you can reckon, like... Sometimes if we know we're reviewing it anyways, you'll be like, you're going to hate this movie, but I'm mm -hmm. laughing at the idea of you watching this movie because we have to talk about it now. But that's yeah. different than like, hey, here's this thing and this is why it's interesting. My my thing is, I, and like we'll probably talk about it in future questions, which is I have a hard time academically appreciating films that don't speak right. to me in any way. And I, I can't go like, oh, this person who has no business directing directed in this wildly different way and now everybody thinks it's the greatest film that's been ever ever made that doesn't do anything for me so yeah. i need i films speak to me in a different way and i i am just looking for something i'm looking for an escape not homework um mm -hmm. and i don't mean that to sound as like pejorative as it does sound but it's like a thing where it's like i i want a thing that if i was back then 
I would have wanted to see and gone and seen, not just the right. thing where it's like, oh, I'm supposed to have seen that. Like, there are things that are on my list of shame that I know I will enjoy that I do uh -huh. not make time for. So the, the, the right. idea of like one of the things I do actually want to do is when I see something that I do like, my version of this is just go back and watch that director or writer's yes. older films and just eke my way out that way as a way mm -hmm. to expand my horizons, but not just like, hey, people say this film was great because uh this was the first camera to involve something that like you didn't have to crank it was automatically cranked on its own you know like like that doesn't do anything for me at all yeah and and i don't i don't think any of those have to and i'm also not gonna you know try to sell you on devoting way too much time watching older movies because like you said you're looking to get something else out of it and that's awesome yeah. all i can say for people who are wanting to is at the start when you do a list like that, it feels like homework and it feels like you are just appreciating, oh, you know, technically this was really impressive because this was the first time they did such and such. And that gets old very quickly. Yeah, yeah. When you do it enough, you calibrate yourself to all the other movies and you start liking the normal movie from that period. And so then when a Citizen Kane or whatever comes up, you are actually floored because you're like, whoa, yeah. this is wild. And I don't know how to explain it other than that you like, you recalibrate yourself to what you're watching and you do feel the investment if you commit to that point, which you don't have to, but yeah, it's just, yeah. it is the experience of it. If, you, if I didn't like it, I would not watch <laughs> hundreds yeah. of them a year. <laughs> also, part of my problem was that I started with a list of a thousand. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah, that's pretty I, tough. I was rewatching things that I'd already seen because I wanted to be fresh on them, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm starting at a thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. And then eventually I was like, well, I can just skip the ones I've already seen. And then eventually mm -hmm. I was like, this 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 is I I mean, I'm not even gonna bother figuring out how much of my life would be devoted to yeah. trying to watch the entire list. But um okay. I, I will okay. say too, there there was one thing that I in the back of my head, I always thought would be funny, or not funny, but interesting would be, and, and there's no reason to link these things other than time-wise, but it'd be funny to, we're, we're talking about a contemporary release, and just to pick an arbitrary time in the past, and review the film that came out that same weekend, Yeah, f f some 17 years ago, maybe. <laughs> mm -hmm. It'd be fun. I mean, we'd have to do more than 17, because we already reviewed those things. <laughs> right 27 <laughs> yeah yeah 27 years ago um but but yeah anyways yeah okay so my my homework by the next state of the podcast is <laughs> i am going to make a short list a manageable list of movies from 70s 60s 50s whatever that i think you would genuinely really really like it'll be short like no more than 10 probably less than 10 and we're gonna see a year from now if you like them or not, because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm way too miscalibrated from all the old stuff I've been watching. R remind me about this when we get to the future of the podcast segment. Okay. But if your list is, I mean, now it has to be less, now it has to be 10. But if you make me a list of 10, we got 10 more months after this month in the year. Okay. We could nice. do one review a month as a bonus episode of one of these random films. And that... Okay, and I'll give you one horror movie a month in return. <laughs> see, the problem is, uh, uh, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, okay. Google, what are I'll give list? you one, one video game cutscene a month. <laughs> this, this is what we do. Yeah, I, I, 
<laughs> I give you one. You have to play The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part Two. Um, okay. By the end of the year. <laughs> okay. Deal. All right. But I will not watch the show. <laughs> Dude, you got to watch the show too. Um. <clears throat> anyways. Yeah, those. I, I guess I. I don't think I technically got into watching habits. I just piggybacked off of your watching habits. But I think we've mm. we spent enough time on this question. We could. We could just go on. Um, yeah. So the next question is: Can you discuss a film or genre you initially disliked uh, that have you've grown to appreciate? And you kind of hit this with horror. I also had horror listed here, um, so we can just pretend like we already covered that part. But are there other things that you can think of that you kind of originally disliked, but now you appreciate? Yeah, the only other thing I could think of, um, it isn't really a genre that I would have said I disliked, but there was a review of the podcast early on that always stuck in my craw. Uh, it said something along the lines of us being a bunch of bros who don't like, quote, chick flicks. Like, like it said that we ba we basically <laughs> only like dude movies and that you had to get used to that if you were going to listen to the podcast. At the time, I was like, no way, that's unfair. I'm so sensitive. You know, I like Spike Jones movies that, you know, all, all these dude directors who just happen to make sensitive movies. Um, but I do, over time, I did realize that I definitely had a kind of bias toward like a movie needed to give me permission. It needed to be cool for it to be like emotional in some way or vulnerable. It usually was led by a man. I think many end of year lists if I were to look at my top 10, I think probably nine of them were, or 10 were male directors and, you know, male protagonists. Um, and that is definitely something over the years that I think shifted a lot because as anyone who has listened to us in 2018, 2019, 20, there've been a lot of years where stories of women or girls coming of age is like literally my exact favorite genre. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's one, I, I think I got in touch with um, my, not my sensitivity, but I, I kind of learned how to appreciate stories that were about people other than me. And and I think that was a, a growing experience. You know, I I have have had a similar uh, journey a little bit. Um, I I would say not just like emotional, like, you know, like I, I, I feel like we, we didn't always review them, but I still could get down with a little bit of like rom-com action or something that's not like super yeah. bro-y. Um, but I think one thing that like really I've gotten into is just like, I mean, you know, bringing going back to Manchester by the city or yeah, Manchester by the sea is kind of counter to what I'm about to say. But I've gotten more into like just depressing ass shit. Yeah, <laughs> like there is something very cathartic about like watching people just go through just sad shit. Um, and I think that it has become more uh, like you don't have to not be crying in a movie, right? <laughs> Like when you're young, you're like, oh, I'm not fucking crying at a goofy movie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but like as as an adult, you realize that like, no, it's, everybody's got tears rolling down their face. And sure, you don't want to be the one person sobbing when everybody else is just tearing a little bit. But like being more comfortable watching something that just makes you actually genuinely feel and being yeah. able to cry in front of people. Um, I mean, yeah, when we went to the, you know, TIFF. There was like a bunch of shit yeah. that we watched. We're just like, we're just all crying together. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's the best thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is dudes can cry as long as they're crying together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is cool. But no, I mean, over, over the years, our shorthand on the podcast now of this movie made me cry usually means like it's going to be in the top five at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely true. 
Um, and then, and then obviously, um, you know, I, I think I already touched on this, but that widens beyond just movies that are more emotional. You know, I, I think my foreign language film intake was pretty much zero when we started the podcast. And that started as a kind of eat your vegetables thing of this is important. So the five that got nominated for an Academy Award, I'm going to make a point of watching, you know, something like that. Um, that grew very quickly into something that I love, you know, like now both of us have, you know, international films in our top 10 and ranked high on our top 10 many years. Yeah. And that's something that I'm really happy that we kind of cleared that hurdle because I think it's uh it's really rewarding. And I don't know if it was festivals that first did that for us or what, but it's definitely something that I've enjoyed. Yeah, I, I think I think it, you know, it, it was easy to hear about and seek out like Japanese films, like, you know, mm -hmm. growing up because it was like it was kind of cool. Like people would want to talk about it, like, oh, yeah, you got to watch this movie. Um, and then there would be like a couple of films that were like there was like some wild German film or something like that that everybody would like talking about that would actually get released in the US and like those kind of things were kind of easy to like oh everybody's talking about it it's actually playing at a theater near you um, mm. go check it out um, but yeah I, I think it was really the festival circuit that kind of blew that up and made it more thing and then you know now you know in San Francisco like stuff's yeah. coming to theaters constantly so it's really easy to seek out that content and stuff like that um, so it, it's been it's been a fun thing I think I think people who listen to all of our festival coverage, I do get burnt out on foreign films at festivals. I genuinely mm. enjoy a lot of the stuff that we watch, but when I'm trying to cram 15 things into a day and I know that I'm going to have to be like reading it, 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 it puts me in a mood where I'm not that excited. And usually the mm. movie wins me over halfway through it, but it's like one of those things where it's like, if I'm just if I'm if it's bite sized one at a time, I'm I'm hundred percent down for whatever foreign film is is like playing near us. Um, uh, it just scares me a little bit at festival time, from the sheer like maintaining stamina to make it through all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It, it, it. In most anything you do in life, if you're tired, you hit a point where a few minutes have gone by and you realize you weren't paying attention. And when you're listening to a language you understand, you can at least passively pick up on it and tell yourself that you followed along. Yeah. When that happens on movie number five in a long festival day, and it is, you know, a film in Korean or something, you just know that you that you missed it and there's no going back. And yeah, that, is, yeah. that is a real challenge that hits like when that wall comes up at the festival, it can be a tough thing to clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say also about like a, a couple of individual films that I think fall into this category. Um one is uh, the film The Master. Um, mm -hmm. That is a film that, like, watching it in real time, I I didn't go back. I, I, I couldn't. It wasn't one of the ones that's still in our feed, but I know we reviewed it. And I was yep. trying to dig through old, like, images in a folder on my computer to see if I can figure out what episode number to go back and listen to that episode. But I remember not vibing at all. But I mm -hmm. think about the ending of that film all the time. Um, and it's one of those things where it's just like, Man, I genuinely really, really appreciate what that film was doing. I just couldn't see what yeah. it was doing until it ended. And by then it was too late for me to do anything about it. And I think that like that's one. Um, there's another one that's become a recurring joke on this podcast. Um, but like in the review, I think you gave it a pass to the caveat and I gave it a wait for rental. And that's the film Reminiscence, um, mm -hmm. 
where like I did such a huge deep dive on that film after we recorded that episode where like I found the original script online and was reading the script and was like making notes where, where the film different and like oh shit if it would have stuck with this idea that would have been great and like I totally deep dive yeah, on it talking about talk about a movie calling it shot with the title <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean hey they knew what they were doing <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just very, it's just very funny. And, and also like, like in the way we talked about this podcast being something that, that makes you appreciate the stuff when you can sit and talk about it. I also appreciate listening to other people talk about films that I don't like. Um, there are films where I'm like, this film did nothing for me. I didn't like it. Didn't like anything it was trying to do. It feels so aimless. And then I hear somebody else talk about it and speak like on another podcast about how personally deep it was. I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. all of that's there. And now I have a better appreciation for the, what that film was doing. It still doesn't make me like it, but there, there are plenty of times where just hearing people speak about how a film affects them gave, gives me a better appreciation for a film um, in, in, you know, in the opposite way that like greatest films of all time list to <laughs> where, I just, right. where I'm like, I have seen it already i know exactly all the parts i didn't didn't like about it and hearing somebody else be emotional about what that film means to them is like holy shit like this is the power of film and it makes me appreciate things that i don't have to have also appreciated myself in real time but go like oh yeah that fucking that movie did all those things that's right (laughs) yeah so so i'm gonna propose we combine a few questions that that you have in the agenda here because there's gonna be one about movies we reviewed positively that today we would criticize yeah there's gonna be another one that talks about a moment when discussing a movie led us to change our perspective in some way. Movies where we changed our opinion. Let, let's just squish those all together here and talk about some of these examples where your original feeling changed, either because of a discussion you heard, the discussion we had on the show, you know, just over time. Like, like I'll have a few examples to start with. Um, one movie that I... The Master is actually a really good one, because if I recall correctly, I was also fairly negative on The Master, or at least thought it was like dry and self-indulgent. I must have been on that episode, because I remember the theater I watched it in and everything. Um, (laughs) That is one of those movies that I am almost 100% confident if I were to watch it now, I would be raving about it as one of the greatest movies of the year. Um, That speaks to just the, the change in taste over the years that have happened, and also the growing discussions that have happened around the film on the flip side. I think in the early days of the podcast, I was very much a, I'm going to say Oscar bait worked on me extremely well. If a movie seemed to be important or about an important thing or had a kind of showy lead performance, I would be all over it all the time. Um, the biggest example that I always hate myself for is 2013. 2013, I had a pretty good top five list. You know, back then we only did top fives. Uh, look at us now. Um, <laughs> that's not Steve was doing top 20s. I, yeah, I, I believe I had Before Midnight. I had Short Term 12. I had The Spectacular Now. I wanted to add her, but I had seen it so recently. I just like called it out instead. And I'm building toward this very Stephen list, you know. And then it was um, 12 Years a Slave, which good movie. Not going to knock that one at all. Though, you know, now would it be my personal emotional favorite of the year? Like, probably not. But the big one was Dallas Buyers Club, (laughs) a movie that I put... I made my number two or number one of that year. I do not remember which. Um, 
and that has haunted me. <laughs> I lie awake at night thinking that someone will Google me one day and somehow find this episode that even I can't find anymore. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, Matthew McConaughey in an AIDS drama where he's McConaughey-ing it up, Jared Leto playing a trans woman. <laughs> there is a lot about that movie uh, that... I'm not going to say aged poorly, like critics were dunking on it at the time. Yeah. Um, and this happened repeatedly where there were movies that I just felt like this is important. I have to like it. Therefore, I'm going to make myself like it. Um, and a lot of those, if I were to go back, I think I would realize, no, you were you were inflating your opinion because you wanted it to be an important movie. Uh, Foxcatcher might be in that category, too, actually. Hmm. Um, there are a lot of things that I I really liked at the time that have just not worn on me at all um an example on the flip side is interstellar is a movie that we all panned i think on the podcast yeah. or at least the two of us did uh, yeah, yeah. carson our co-host at the time might have might have been more positive on it um everything like the master everything i know about myself today tells me if i were to watch that i would say god damn they don't make movies like that anymore this is amazing <laughs> christopher nolan did well, it again well, He's christopher nolan still makes movies like that <laughs> Exactly. He's the only one. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Uh, there are a few movies on my, like, I want to revisit them that I disliked in the moment. And this is where Manchester by the Sea was. Because um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I I listened back to that episode today and I was just like, like, you know, piss and vinegar or something. Like something about mm -hmm. me just like was like, fuck this movie. <laughs> well, well, I'm just crying in the corner. <laughs> And and I, I that's one I want to revisit. But two other ones I also listed Interstellar as ones that I want to revisit. But one wild card is I listed Midnight Special as something mm -hmm. I wanted to revisit. We saw that together. Uh, I believe it was an Alamo screening with the director in person. Yeah. And I was watching yeah. the movie and I was like, this feels so like half a thought. And I was really not vibing with it. And then like... In a way, I was at the time I told me in a way I was validated when the director in his own words was like, I had just had a son. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I don't know how to like deal with having a son. And I wanted to make a movie that was about the feeling of like, how do I protect and keep safe? This like and it was like a thing where I was like, yeah, that was the problem I had with it. It felt like that's all you were trying to do. And then I, I'm yeah. just like, I don't know if it's a, just I'm older now and I feel like. I like because one of the things I have I have noticed about myself as I have watched films, you know, I'm I'm 40 now, and as like when I watch things now, I have noticed myself. Um, I I have been transposed to the older people in the films. Like even when I go back mm -hmm. and watch older things that I've always loved, I see them with new eyes because I am now the adults around those kids in those right. films you know like i you know when i first saw jurassic park i only cared about the dinosaurs and i kind of saw myself as the kids and then when i watch it as an adult it's like purely grant story to me when i watch it and i'm looking at him i, I thought you were gonna say john hammond <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not that old but i mean like that, that's probably not an exact equative because he was always like the main character. Like right. I saw me as becoming him one day, right? As I, I, was I watching totally this get game. what you're saying. But, I have the same experience all the time. And, and it's like when I when I watch these films, I go like, "What the fuck? That's the movie that I used to like watch all the time. Like this is wild." Um, and it's just yeah. like a thing where like I I would I would like to revisit Midnight Special and like 
watch it in the proper frame of mind and then be like, oh, yeah, huh. <laughs> you know? yeah. But it's like, you know, it's hard for you to watch like a what is a, essentially a sci-fi film that doesn't seem to care that it is a sci-fi film. And I, I, like, it's hard for me to enter a film in a state of mind where I am not what the director was selling. Um, and it's just like sometimes it, it, it's hard for me to recalibrate until I don't have to calibrate in real time. Yeah. Okay. So th this is another idea for future bonus content or episodes that we can do is revisiting movies that we both disliked and seeing if we changed our opinion or revisiting movies that we both liked and <laughs> seeing if we changed our opinion. That could be kind of fun. Like all the must-sees and must-avoids. <laughs> yeah. Or like all of our number ones of the year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, does it still hold up, basically? Yeah. Honey Boy holds up a thousand percent. All right. Uh, yeah, now we're, now we're going to get the fun thing that talks about like how we actually make the podcast. Let's talk about the, this category yeah. is difficulties of reviewing films. Um, so mm -hmm. what do you find the most challenging aspect of reviewing films, Stephen? Yeah, so I already kind of leapt ahead to this in part when we talked about production and challenges. Um, in general... It is very different to talk about the fact that you liked something and talk about why you liked it in a way that is interesting and can not just fill an episode, but actually like communicate something that people might want to listen to. Yeah. And that is something I really had to learn how to do over the years. Um, I think nowadays it's kind of an instinct where I can't turn it off. Even if I'm watching a movie for pleasure, I am inherently building a story in my head of this is what they did well. This is what didn't work. This is what makes it interesting. If I were to record a half hour podcast, this is what I would talk about. Um, but that that is a challenge. Another thing that can be a challenge is there are a lot of movies out there a lot of well-meaning movies that should find an audience that are specific, that are just not for me. They're not bad. They, they didn't do anything wrong. They just aren't for me because everything can't be for you. Yeah. And when you have a platform, even if it's a platform that, you know, admittedly, we don't have insane reach in the world, um, you want to use your platform in a good way. So you don't want to just dunk on a movie that you believe in even though you didn't feel something for it. But at the same time, if you're being insincere, people can tell that. They can tell that you're talking around not liking something. Yeah, yeah. So that is a really challenging thing to do is like steer into this movie was not for me, but I am going to devote a few minutes to talking about the things about it that are good. Here's why it didn't land for me. Here's why it might land for you. That That's something that I've had to really cultivate over the years. Yeah, uh, I have not cultivated that, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for lack of wanting. Uh, uh, we, Chris has cultivated it by way of texting and being like, so we're not reviewing that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it's true. I have cultivated it in a little way. Um, where I'm like, look, you're going to do all the heavy lifting on this episode if I have to review this thing. Um, which, you know, that that is one of the benefits of like... It's not like we have a gun to our head and we have to sit down and record. We can go like, you know, what? Mm -hmm. maybe this is a past week and we're not going to do something. Right. Um, but I, I but I think in general, um, for me, it has been a little bit weird because if I, you know, I, I have, you know, 
semi-specific tastes. Uh, there are certain things about a film that will speak to me. Um, I want a film with good world building, and I want a film that when it tries to say something, says something, not just like brings mm-hmm. up a question that it has no interest in actually like delving into. And it causes right. me to... It's like one of those things where like there is a... Like as soon as you bubble over a hill, I grade you on the next hill that you're now sliding down. So it's like a thing <laughs> where it's like, like I can be fine with this film that's not trying to do a lot. And then as soon as it tries to reach far, I'm like, go for it, reach for it, reach for it. And then I get super disappointed in what it tried to do if I don't think it's actually like managing. I, I can disagree with the thesis of a film, but I, I, I really want to feel like the film when it states its thesis, I go, you fucking had a thesis and I get yeah. what you're trying to say. I disagree, but I see why you think that or whatever. Right. And, and I think that a lot of films fail to meet that like Christopher Schnazy bar. Um, so there are definitely times where I'm watching a film and I'm like, oh, I have to review this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it like, it puts me in like an existential dread, uh, like in a perfect world, like we would only review things that are going to be fun to dunk on or that we genuinely love and can have a lot of things to say. But, you know, when you're doing a podcast, you have to maintain it. Otherwise, like, you know, when we don't publish for two weeks, there are charts we can look at that show like the downward trend of things. Or, you know, like if we have a really popular episode, we suddenly, uh, (laughs) Drop, jump into the top 50 episodes in Luxembourg. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Love the Luxembourg people. So glad you found us. Love Luxembourg cinema. All the movies I can name. <laughs> and, and and I was not trying to be disparaging towards Luxembourg. It's just like, I could, I had no idea why that suddenly happened where we were like, okay, cool. Top 50 film review podcast in Luxembourg. Down for it. Um, but then we don't mm-hmm. publish for two weeks and you see that number like slowly dipping and then you're 98 and then you're like, okay, well, shit. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, it was fun while it lasted. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> it, it's like one of those things where it's like watching a film, knowing that you're going to have to talk about it, especially if, you know, the film deals with any kind of subject matter that you're already going to be uncomfortable talking about. It's like now I have to figure out how to dislike something that also is going to be just me disliking something that no one's going to want to hear me dislike. You know, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. that is something that does weigh on me in real time while I'm watching a film. Um, but also I think for me, one of the hard things is, you know, there's not always enough conversation to justify a spoiler segment, but sometimes I only have spoiler thoughts. Right. And then sometimes it's kind of fun to try to dance around and talk to Steven in a way where he knows and anybody who watched the film may or may not know, but hopefully I'm not spoiling for anybody. But that's just fun as a game thing. That's not actually right. that fun. And sometimes where I'm like, I really can't talk about this unless there's a spoiler segment, but there's not enough of a spoiler segment to justify a full segment. So then what do I do? And it's like, sometimes it does feel like the the game takes away from the enjoyment of just watching the film Mm -hmm. when I know that there's work that's going to go into translating what I'm watching into an episode that's publishable. 
Um, yeah, I, I get that. And th- that is also something we should talk about is should we handle spoilers differently moving forward? Yeah. Because uh, you talk about that game and that can be fun. It's a fun challenge to dance around and it almost feels clever to, you know, say something that is a signal to me that might not mean anything to listeners who haven't watched the movie. To those listeners, though, it's probably still unintelligible. <laughs> they're, they're just hearing something unintelligible that isn't a spoiler. Um so we, we so, might want to think about if there are ways we can just, you know, ring the bell, cut to the chase and kind of dig in if we really want to get after something. The, the funny thing is sometimes like Jamie will listen to an episode like I will I will have posted the episode, but I'm still doing like the social stuff and doing all that kind of stuff. And then I heard her, her just like giggling or something in the other room. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, oh, just listening to a podcast. I'm like, oh, God. Um, but there <laughs> there are times where like. She'll be like, oh, by the way, what was that thing? And I was like, what was what thing? And she's like, you know, the thing that you didn't want to say. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, she doesn't have enough information to remind me the thing I was dancing around. So I'm like, oh, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Yeah. So speaking of uncomfortable things, uh, what is your approach to reviewing things that are outside of your comfort zone or your personal tastes? Yeah, I I would say... um... Well, so foreign language films are an example of that over the years at the start, right? Like, I wouldn't have known how to properly evaluate a movie that's, like, set in a different culture in an entirely different film scene, right? And and so one thing I started doing is consciously giving myself a little bit of homework, right? Like, maybe watch one or two big movies from that country so I can start to get a feeling of you know, what is the Indian cinema world like? You know, what it, what is it like watching movies from certain South American countries? Um, and then also reading up on movies if I knew they were going to be outside of my... Like, when I say comfort zone, it's really my sphere of feeling like I know enough to be able to talk eloquently about it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't really think there are movies that I'm like, ooh, I'm too squeamish for it, or I'm uncomfortable with that. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really more, do I feel like I am fluent enough to have a conversation that won't deeply embarrass me and have me texting Chris asking to delete the podcast from the feed? <laughs> um, and there, I, I've tried to steer into, you know, reading up a bit more, doing some prep work before watching a movie. And then also a thing I've changed is I used to be steadfast in never reading a review, listening to anyone talk about a movie before we record it, be completely unsullied. And I still stand by that if it is a movie that I know I am going to form an opinion in a vacuum and I trust my judgment on that. I I know everything I need to know to have a good conversation. If it is a movie that I feel less fluent in, after I watch it, I will look up why did people love it? You know, what is it that they're seeing in it? What are they praising about it? What are they pointing out? And then I don't necessarily make that change my opinion of the movie, but I at least use that to inform why did that thing that worked for them not work for me? And it makes even a disagreement feel like a richer conversation. So I've definitely started doing a bit more reading up on things around films that I know I'm going to have trouble talking about so I can hopefully be at least... Even if I don't like it, I can be intelligent and respectful in the ways that I'm disliking it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a it's a hard thing. I, I I feel like there are times on the podcast where, like, while I'm like leveraging a criticism, I'm like hedging it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand how this like 
you know, a cultural aspect of this thing exists. So for me, in my head, I don't buy this situation, but it might also be commonplace, right? I, just, I might be uh, lucky enough to have never had to deal with that sort of thing. So it's like, for me, there are certain aspects of, like, filmically, I don't buy something. Or, yeah, yeah I don't buy an aspect of a film, but I understand that it might be, like, a legit thing. Um, I'm still wary of, like, for myself personally, like, I'm still wary of, like, consuming anything until we've, like, hit, like, sometimes literally I hit stop record and then I switch my headphones to my phone and I immediately start playing an episode of, like, one of the other film podcasts that I like to listen because I'm, like, I've been mm -hmm. waiting to listen to it, but I yeah. had to get it out. Like, one of the things I really, really hate is, it's funny, too, because, like, you know, we might record on a Monday night and sometimes that episode might get released the following Monday. And in between recording and me publishing the episode, I've listened to, like, five other podcasts and it still mm. feels in my head, even though I know we've already recorded, when I listen to an episode on Thursday and somebody says a point that I thought was unique in the moment and I hear them say it, I'm like, shit, anybody who yeah. listens to that show and our show is going to think that I'm just cribbing that thing from this other. Th so I'm, just, I'm always like mm. very, very conscious of like, I, and that's why sometimes like if I do, like sometimes I'll, I will say things like, I've heard it said in a bunch of different places that this was an issue and then I'll just refute yes. that issue, right? Like where, where I'm bringing up that like I have consumed something or I've like sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm scrolling through a feed and I'm just like, oh shit, people hate this movie that I love and I'm about to talk really well about, you know, like like, yeah, like yeah. something like that. And it's like, I, I try to stay away as much as possible, but I think for me, it it can be very, very hard to like talk about something from another culture or another life experience that I don't have. Um, and I think that like, I'm I think I'm more cautious when I'm not praising the film. <laughs> like if it's something mm -hmm. that I that doesn't vibe with me, it's really really hard to like come in and be like all right. I know this is how it's going to look, but this is why I don't think this film succeeds at what it is trying to do. Mm -hmm. And I just am sort of just like I'm just going to roll with if somebody wants to tell me why am i even talking about this like it's just something that i know is uh going to be a thing that i have to uh deal with um but you know uh, that's yeah i i agree and that, so there's two thoughts that i have there one is a a listener of the more i don't know star wars fandom type variety right who sees movies as like a, a zero-sum game where there are different sides and was it good or was it not good probably would hate the idea that when you don't like a movie you step more lightly than when you do like it right like yeah. why not just say what you feel no matter what and to them i would say like that's not what art is for right like th the more we like the better like that's great <laughs> that that means that they're succeeding and so that's something that i have adopted to it isn't changing your opinion from a no into a yes but it's like like, like for me, if I don't like a movie, I'm much more likely to look up what it is that it's resonating with other people before I get on mic. Yeah. Because even in my not liking it, I want to be able to talk in a way that is respectful and understanding of what it was doing. So I don't wind up just being the idiot who missed some giant point because I don't understand some core concept that they were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
if I love a movie and people are hating it, I'll also look it up because I want to know. I want fuel to argue against yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the podcast, you know? If I love a movie that everyone is loving, no, I'm not going to read a damn word because I want it to be entirely my own thought when yeah, I'm yeah. coming on the podcast. And if I hate a movie everyone hates, I'm also totally fine for it to be my own my own language. Um, so that was the the first point. And the second point, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will say, too, just about uh, purely about personal taste, like... There are times where, like, I come onto the podcast just expecting to have, like, a here's why it's slightly disappointed in me, but then we have, like, an Oppenheimer review where I just go, like, mm-hmm. full, like hard to the paint. Yeah, because you have comfort because, you know, I'm going to be hard to the paint in favor of it, and yeah. that's going to give you room to, to fight. And, and that's fun, but it's like, I was like, man, like, when I finished recording it, I was like, I didn't hate Oppenheimer, but I feel like anybody mm-hmm. listening will think that I hated Oppenheimer. <laughs> Oh, the the other thing I was going to say is you mentioned saying how you feel and rolling with the punches, even if people say you should stay in your own lane. I, I totally agree with that, too. Like, I never think someone should dislike a thing, but then say they liked it anyway for clout or whatever. That's just like, it's inauthentic. It doesn't mean anything. It's condescending to the creator yeah, too, yeah, yeah. Of, of the thing. Um, I think gaining comfort and fluency in talking about stuff just helps it be more you can draw the line of why it didn't work for you in a way that is more clear and more helpful rather you know like an unhelpful thing would be diving into a movie that is i don't know let's say like a a three-hour long foreign film that is like very wistful and contemplative and just being like that was boring like, yeah, like yeah. That, that's not helpful. Like you, you can say it didn't work for you because of the pacing, but like saying it's boring without giving more information, is just like dunking on a thing that probably has a ton of meaning that maybe just didn't work for you. So to me, that's the difference. It's yeah. just like using the knowing why you don't like something rather than just saying you don't like it and then putting blinders on and being because I don't like it, it must be bad. And And, and there are also times where like, there's been like three or four episodes of the podcast that I just abstained from giving a review because I was like, mm-hmm. I am withdrawing myself from the conversation because my rating here, like it's not even worth my, like I can't, I, I, I would not try to tell somebody not to watch this film. I just really disliked it because of reason X. And like, I recognize that it's a me problem. Um, mm-hmm. And other times I'm just trying to articulate what it is that bothered with it. And like, I'm, I'm working through, like I'm using the podcast as a way to work through understanding why a film didn't work for me. Um, and then sometimes like, you know, sometimes I do the bad thing where I try to write the movie for <laughs> the filmmakers from like, look, here's how I think you fix this film. And I'm still only talking to myself, right? I'm just trying to communicate like what, what I think would help me better appreciate the film for it, what it's doing. But like, I do wish there was a world in which I could, in a film that didn't work at all for me, I could still praise some aspect of it instead of being lost in the weeds of like, here's this problem that I have with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so let, let's get into talking about festivals. Um, we've already kind of hit it a tiny bit, um, but let's talk about, you know, we might be able to slam everything together. Um, <laughs> and let's talk yeah. about uh, memorable festival ex- experiences, which we've already kind of hit. Um, and then how those experiences sort of influenced us. We can kind of wrap those two together. Totally. 
Yeah. I, I mean, for me, festivals have been a major change in how I approach movies. I, I mentioned Tribeca being kind of a core experience for me, even though Tribeca was an outlier of a festival. Tribeca was a festival where literally nothing we saw, to my knowledge, ever got distributed anywhere. There, some, <laughs> some things dropped on iTunes, like direct to VOD, like three years later. Okay. It was wild. Okay, sure. But they, they didn't have the ramp up, right? And, and you compare that to TIFF or Cannes or Sundance, where the big things that you see, you watch them percolate early, gain some traction, and then six to ten months later, you see them start to drop. And seeing how the narrative around the movie shifts and changes as more people get to watch it, that has been really, really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, nowadays, when I look at the like the end of the year kind of Oscar picks and stuff this year, nothing really surprised me at all because I now see it as a conversation that has been building for like 10 months already yeah, around what are the big movies going to be? What festivals are they coming out of? What is getting heat? What isn't getting heat? And I find that just really, really interesting. Um, a thing I love about attending festivals, which is kind of maybe baked into this question, I love... Being in a situation where everything I just said about how you prepare goes out the window because I cannot look up anything. I, I don't yeah. even know what the movie is going to be about. And whatever my opinion is, the moment I see it, that will not be informed by how did other people feel about it? What is the narrative around the movie? What were my expectations? It is just me having to hone very quickly. What is my point of view? How can I form it? And ideally, will I find that my point of view is interesting or different than the point of view of the other thousand people that watch this at the same time? Um, and I, I love that. I, I think us recording podcast episodes during festivals has made us better at gathering our thoughts quickly and kind of clarifying exactly how we feel about a thing. You know, recording something where we talk back to back about 11 movies that we watched over the course of the last 48 hours Um that is a stressful exercise, but I think I think it makes us better. It's like working out your muscles in terms of watching, forming an opinion, and talking about movies. Yeah, it, it's definitely a like a, a much different way to like. Even if you like, if you're going to sit at home and like binge a bunch of crap on Netflix, uh, you know, I mean, crap as in nondescript thing, not trying to be pejorative to the selection of stuff on Netflix. Um, but if you if you were just like at home binging things the effort that goes into that is way different than like we have these very sparse windows where we have to line everything up we're, we're like th doing things back to back we're running back to the airbnb trying to record something real fast going down potentially doing some like work stuff communicating with people on the other side of the country um it gets to be a chaos um but it is extremely fun and i think that just knowing that whatever you're seeing is kind of a gamble there's there's a level mm -hmm. of fun to that. I think um, Tribeca was awesome because of just how many small movies they were, and they were all really yeah. nice. We were all like every single screening, we were like three rows away from like the entire cast, and it was just and it was just kind of like there was a vibe to sitting there and watching these tiny films, and then really really enjoying it, and then like seeing all the different people, and just it, there was something special about it. I think Tiff was a little bit. Tip felt a little bit big. I mean, it was bigger, but like it was right. like international travel. Um, it was like we were just 
freaking that play that the spot that we got was great we were right in the middle of all the action yeah and there's just so many people and just being and like also that first like we got spoiled with that first year at tiff because oh yeah so many giant things <laughs> like getting to be a well, part I mean, there of was that. a strike going on for one thing well yeah 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 that's true <laughs> yeah we uh you know we, we got spoiled with our first tiff and then we got covid for three years and then mm-hmm. uh a strike uh so yeah tiff has been different lately but but i think in general, I really loved the festival experience. I would love it even more if we were like accredited and we <laughs> could mm-hmm. be press at any of these things. But yeah. if if anyone out there is listening and can give us a little media pass the next time we go to a festival, would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, we would love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think uh, yeah, that, that's all I need to say about that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Before we move on from the festival stuff, Stephen, what would be your advice for people? Um, who are looking to attend their first festival. Yeah, uh, one that I don't follow, <laughs> but I should every year, is don't overbook yourself. And yeah. what, what that means is, given how the festival works, right, the amount of travel in between screenings, how long you need to wait in lines, things like that, plan accordingly in a way that gives yourself time to eat lunch, to eat dinner, to have some kind of a relaxing life, to sleep, <laughs> at least a little bit usually i would say the rule of thumb is four movies a day is probably the top that you can comfortably do (laughs) or five five if like you're in a really sweet situation and you just happen to have this like beautiful schedule lineup but i think four is like the max that you can reasonably manage in a day without burning yourself out yeah um also if you can book an airbnb that's close enough to the theaters that you can have private bathroom time (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah, that helps a lot, too. Um, I'll also say there's just some mechanical things about festivals that I think are important, especially if you're doing what we have done before, which is attending the full fest. So you're there for like 10 days or more. Right. Um, And there it's a marathon, not a sprint. So you need to make sure you're sleeping well. I know those 7.30 a.m. screenings look like a great idea. In principle, you are going to hate yourself at one in the morning when you are nowhere near being able to sleep and your alarm is going off at six and you have to go run to watch a quiet movie for two and a half hours. Um, Be reasonable um, about that. Um, Hydrating, I would say, is very important. at these events um you know like make sure you have water make sure you have food have breaks have bathroom stops but but built in not over hydrating is also important right because the bathroom oh, yeah, situation delicate. is hell uh, uh you know lots of water and a catheter i guess <laughs> it's a delicate balance uh, one thing i started doing uh with can this year and then also a tiff is still carving out time to exercise and do stuff in the morning that makes you feel a little bit more like a person, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I, I wouldn't do that if you're only at a festival for like four days or something. But if you're doing one of these one to two week long events, I think you should just take care of yourself because it is shockingly exhausting to sit down all day watching movies. I know it doesn't sound like it would be, but it is a very draining thing. Yeah. You know, you you wake up, you do nothing but watch movies. And when you go to bed at night, you feel like you've been running marathons um, and you should just keep that in mind and then dive in and have a blast. And the only other thing I'd say in terms of advice is do a mix of movies that you think are slam dunks. You know, by that, I mean, it has an actor that you really love or it has a director that you really love. 
have those and then have movies that are just wild cards, things where the plot seem kind of interesting and you have no idea what it's going to be. Because occasionally your favorites are going to be those things that you had no idea you were going to love. And even if they aren't your favorite favorite, the memory of watching them becomes really special because it is like you discovered a thing. Yeah. And that is just a really fun experience. Um, and on the flip side, you learn that a lot of movies that big name actors show up for in like indie festivals are still hot garbage. <laughs> so, <laughs> that rubric for this movie is going to be great because, I don't know, McConaughey's in it or whatever. That does not work <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah. So just know that going in. Well, it's like one of the festivals when like Benedict Cumberbatch was in half the movies that we saw and we saw like 30 movies. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, they can't all be bangers. Um, but yeah, it was funny. Like when I when I was kind of pre-putting some notes down for this question, uh, the first thing I typed was like, pick a small local festival to start. Um, mm -hmm. And then I immediately deleted that and said, no, pick a big festival. I think that that like you should always be going to your local small festival. But if you've never mm -hmm. done the festival thing, don't do that because you you know, depending on what city you live in, like not everywhere is New York and LA, right? <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. we are fairly lucky up here in San Francisco. We get a good selection, but I feel like we're still not like a big place um, that, that like, right. you know, not to disparage the, <laughs> the SF film no, festival. And, but like, I, mean, I love SF film, but the big movies at SF film are also Rams from Sundance, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it isn't like the big movies are premiering here unless it is a specific, like, you know, Gus Van Sant has a movie. Occasionally there will be something that comes here, but it is not. The yeah, norm. it's usually because the person grew up around the area and they're, they want right. to show it at that festival. But anyways, I, I don't mean to, to down talk SF film like they've been great. We both support them. Like, go for it. Um, but what I will say is like, get out of your comfort zone, travel for it, go to a big festival, take time off if you are able to from work, like just spend the money, make it an actual vacation and like do it as a big trip because you'll get a lot more out of it. Um, especially if you're going to visit like a city you've never been to before. There's just a lot of fun to be had. Um, even if you're yeah. still being isolated, like, you know, like we don't always talk to a ton of people when we go to the festivals because we're so packed and so busy. Um, we mostly just talk to the, the bartender when we quickly drop yeah. to get a drink between screenings. Um, but it, it, it's it's really there's something about going to a big festival that just like the the fun and the chaos of it. it I would just 100 percent recommend just doing it. Rip the bandaid off, go big. And then after that, you can go to smaller ones just to like have that kind of experience as well. Would you agree with this add-on? I, I don't know if you would or not. I would say the first time you do it, you should limit it to five days or less. I don't think the first time you do it should be a marathon festival because I think you need to learn your limits and what kind of schedule you can keep up with before you book all of that and then wind up maybe tiring yourself out and not liking the experience. I would say it depends on what the booking system is like. I think one of the tough things is if you're willing to let like I, I i would split the difference go for an entire week but not necessarily worry about packing every single day like if you can see like a, mm -hmm. at least a film a day and just enjoy a week and be relaxed that's better than like trying to just get like our first time it was awesome for us in the wild life yeah. that we wanted to live but showing up for like the last four days of the festival or whatever the first time and, and catching 19 movies. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was stupid. And I wouldn't advise yeah. a normal human being doing that. Uh, <laughs> just, I agree. It's just for the weirdos. So I think having a longer amount of time and trying to pack less in, 
lets you experience the like you know go out and check out the local nightlife and go to the the bars and stuff like that check out the restaurants explore the new yeah. city and i think all of that is going to help make that experience fun also maybe uh maybe pick one of the big festivals that has good climate <laughs> Mm-hmm. maybe don't make your first experience like in the freezing cold weather <laughs> yeah i i can't stress enough how important it is to at least a few days of your trip book a two or three hour gap where you can actually do something like get a drink go to a restaurant explore yeah. a part of the city like i had been to Cannes twice before i realized that like two blocks away from the festival is like a beautiful beach yeah <laughs> like, like I, lit- I literally had not ventured beyond like the the two block radius of the festival in the entire week that i'd been there and with Toronto too, we got to explore it a lot more the second time around. Um, still not as much as I would like, and yeah, I, I think it's worth it. I think yeah. whatever movie you miss, you're going to catch enough of them anyway, and you're never going to see everything big that came at the festival. So don't feel like you have to. And I will also say one last thing: do the festival thing before you make it your job slash hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because all of what Steven just said about carving out three hours of time so that you can, uh, you know, enjoy your surroundings doesn't happen if you need that three hours of time right. to record an episode, write a, you know, write up a, a thing for it. Like it's you, you, you like do it once and then make it your hobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, then then decide what kind of deadlines you're willing to fold into the mix. Yeah. All right. I promise you we're getting at least remotely close to the end of this. Uh, general and reflective questions <laughs> is, is this category sure. section. Um, let's see. <laughs> what has kept you motivated, Stephen, uh, to do the podcast for, you know, the part of the 17 years that you've been part of it? Yeah, honestly, it is. It's a combination now. If you had asked me eight years ago, I would have said it's the conversation, period. It is the excuse to have a thing that we are doing, that we're thinking about, that provokes conversation, because movies make you talk about life. Like, if you are trying to fill a half hour to an hour long conversation about movies, what you're really doing is diving in and being like, what did it mean for that character? What are they unpacking? What is the ethical dilemma here? How does that translate to society? And I think that conversation makes you, at least has made me a more thoughtful a more kind of clear-minded person and someone who honestly i think watching movies has made me more ethically grounded than i was a decade ago and so that alone even if i didn't care at all about it as an art form if it was just the pragmatic thing of forcing conversation in a thoughtful manner every week that would have already kept me motivated um now over the last few years as we've attended more festivals as i started getting more into film writing and the world of film criticism a bit more now i also just love the fact that this gives me an excuse to consume more movies and grow my kind of repertoire of things that i feel comfortable talking about and writing about and dissecting um but yeah i've i've honestly never once been tempted to stop doing the podcast <laughs> over over the last <laughs> I guess for me, it's like 13 years mostly that I've been regularly doing it. it. It has never even crossed my mind, no matter how busy we get, because I I just love it as the, this is not me eating my vegetables. This is the treat I get every week, which is I have an excuse to go watch a movie that everyone will accept because I have a reason that I'm watching it. So no matter what the week is, it's like, sorry, babe, I got to go see, um, you know, 
uh, Lisa Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I get to have a conversation with you about it. And, th- and that is great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I have not needed to stay motivated. I've basically loved it the whole time. Yeah, I... <laughs> I, I like I've never wanted to stop doing it, but I definitely have not always felt motivated. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's just because there's a lot of stuff that goes around making a podcast. And you I, do way more than me, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there, there's an ex like the like I've I've never been well. Shouldn't say never like. I don't know the order in which to say all these things to not have them bleed over each other. But like basically while recording the podcast, I love it while in the middle of an edit, unless it's one of those edits where I realize this is going to take four hours to fix because like there's all this weird crosstalk from the, the Airbnb and like all this bad stuff that like makes me sad. I love it. Like it's one of those things where like, yeah. I'm never motivated when I'm not recording or editing. <laughs> It's the it's the one day to three weeks in between. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there, there's definitely time. It, it's it's you know it's it's one of those things where it's like I just needed an intern. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like yeah. in, in all seriousness, though, it's it's one of those things where like sometimes I'm like not motivated, and I'm like, all right, I just finished, you know, just finished dinner, just finished cleaning. How much time do I have before I go to sleep? Do I have enough time to edit an episode? I'm just like, shit, I need to edit an episode tonight sit down to edit it and like five minutes into the to, to the editing process i'm like laughing to myself or i'm like oh i hope we bring up this i'm like oh yeah we brought up that and i'm like enjoying like i enjoy the listening back to our own conversation while the mm-hmm. editing is happening and it reminds me why it is i really enjoy doing this so it's kind of like the act of actively doing it is exciting but like i I talked about on previous episodes uh probably at our end of year recap that when you're traveling um or whatever's going on i know that we can't record anything new that weekend Mm -hmm. i don't always go to the movies because i'm just like oh yeah we're just gonna take this week off or whatever like it's one of those things where it's like i I don't mind taking a break as long as the break comes from some other rationale for it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, I, I've always, I like that. We have like, I, there's nothing in my life that I have done for 17 years. I mean, technically I haven't done Mm -hmm. this podcast exactly for 17 years because there was that hiatus in there, but it's like one of those things where it's like, I, I genuinely believe in doing this thing. I just, if I'm honest, I'm not always motivated while I'm not actively doing it because there's so much around, like even just making time to see, like I hate going to the Regal, but sometimes I have to go to the Regal so that I can see it in a certain window of time so that we can do a review. Like things like that are not like, it's hard to get excited to go to, to the, the Regal and Stone Sound. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But and it, it's not me being snobby. It's just like there's a lot of young people who don't know how to watch movies, and I hate it. And it's it's just it's in a mall. I hate going to theaters in a mall. It's just it's just a bunch of things. Like there's stuff that makes me not excited to sit down to watch a movie to review it. Um, but once we get to talking about it, it like reinvigorates the soul or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, been definitely. my session of therapy. <laughs> I I hear you, and that's true with almost anything. Um, 
in life. Like, again, for me, all I have to do is watch the movie and then come on mic and talk about it. So I'm getting to do the fun stuff without having to do some of the <laughs> knowing that there is work looming ahead of me afterwards. But yeah. in the equivalent for me, which is writing, I have the exact same feeling. I'll get an idea. I love the idea. When I'm actually, you know, down in the weeds, typing away, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. The time in between the days where I'm sitting, feeling like I now have a gun held to my head that I'm holding because of a thing that I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. And I'm suddenly procrastinating and bargaining with myself to not do this thing that I'm the only one who knows I needed to do anyway. Um, that is very real, you know, and it uh, and it happens. Yep. Um, all right. Moving on. What advice would you give to someone looking to start their own film review podcast? Yeah. Um, one that is maybe going to sound weird, but you talked about how when you were editing and then you're listening along and you're laughing. Um, I think a lot of people who do podcasts do not listen afterwards to what they have done. They record a thing and then they move on, at least if they're being honest when they talk on mic and they say that they don't know what they said in the last episode. Yeah, I think you should definitely listen to the stuff that you put out in the world. Uh, because if nothing else, you should be a fan <laughs> yeah, yeah. of what you're doing. And there are many times that on a bad day, I have recorded a podcast. And when it ended, I think that that sucked. We didn't talk about anything. That is going to be a dud of an episode. And then I listen and I wind up liking it anyway. And I, I think over time, if you are listening to yourself on mic, you decide what you like, what you dislike, and you steer into it in a way where even the bad conversations, by your estimate, wind up being decent to you as a listener. Um, so yeah, that that's one. Another piece of advice I guess I would give before I give it to you to give all the kind of really technical advice, because I'm just talking about doing a thing where you talk into a microphone and then walk away. <laughs> um, a, a piece of advice is you probably... Look, there are podcasts out there like Blank Check or whatever that have sprawling three and a half hour episodes, and that is awesome for them. They've built a big fan base, people who love what they do. They've knocked it out. If I were starting a podcast today from scratch, I would have a concise thing that my podcast is about. I would get to being about it as fast as possible. I wouldn't have five segments before the movie review, right? I, I wouldn't have all these complicated things. I would pick an idea dig into it and make it something that is, you know, 40 minutes to an hour usually. And I'm not saying we always hit that. Look, this podcast is also for us <laughs> at this point. But I do think over the years in general, we've gotten more into that sweet spot yeah. where we are okay with it being a short and sweet and tactical, be about the movie, duck in, duck out. You know, if you wanted to get into doing a film review podcast, do it because you genuinely love to talk about film. Um, like I said before, I don't feel like I'm an expert on anything. I, I'm just an enthusiast who enjoys doing it and enjoys talking about it. And if I didn't have this to do this talking with, I wouldn't necessarily have that same outlet in the same way. Um, and this is like an excuse to get together and talk about it. I think that be okay with not having an audience immediately um mm -hmm. uh there was like an insane period of time up until like the last like a year or few years i don't know when it happened but i even caught it late but like apple in their directories like film and tv was a single category with no subcategories and every single like the seven thousand shows 
on Game of Thrones were all in that same feed. And like, it's like you, there, it's hard to break out in an overly saturated media heavy world where TV and film are probably one of the biggest, you know, TV, film, politics, right? Are like the Mm most, the most consumed podcasts that, that are probably out there for any, any person. Um, so like try to find a niche that's not just doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, which I know is a weird thing to say, given that we are doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, but we also have been doing it for every, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a thing where it's like, it wasn't as saturated technically when this started and we've just been doing it forever and we're keeping it going because we're doing it for us. And if other people enjoy it, then that's great. But um, the other thing I would say is if you are starting your podcast today, no one needs to know that the first five episodes that you recorded, you never released because you thought they were terrible. Like just do the episodes and decide later whether or not it's worth you actually putting it out into the world because it might take you a while to get into the swing of things and understand what it is that you're trying to do. Um, And just be fine throwing out everything that you're doing. (laughs) Like it's okay to change and pivot and change what you're doing. Obviously, if you do have a big following, they will let you know if they don't like that change. Um, But they might also just go with it and roll with it and be like, you know what? This is better. I I am. I was skipping the other sections also. Um, So, yeah, it's I don't need to get to the technical side. Uh, If you really want advice on the technical side, uh, fans at (laughs) thespoilerwarning.com. I'll answer whatever (laughs) questions you have. Um, But yeah, moving on. Looking back, anything we should have done differently, Stephen? Probably a lot of things if our goal was to maximize the number of listeners we have. You know, we were never very shameless, I don't think. Uh, We were not very active on social media. We went through a brief period of time posting photos on Instagram. Neither you nor I even share every episode (laughs) that that we release (laughs) in our own feeds anymore. Um, and that's fine because we aren't necessarily looking to be a rocket ship right yeah. now. Um, and, and that's totally okay. But looking back, I think early in the podcast, if we could have found the kind of unique thing that only we do and highlight that in some way in either the name of the podcast or the like media around it or in the way we post or talk about it, I think posting little clips you know, I, I don't necessarily love that ecosystem, but it is very clear that people are much more likely to engage if they see a Instagram reel with a, you know, one minute part of the conversation that's captioned, yeah. you know, than they are if they're being told to listen to an hour long podcast. So I think we could have been more tactical early on. But honestly, I've loved the ride. So I don't really mind that we that we haven't been. I don't know if the me in 2009 should have had a big audience. <laughs> yeah, I, I think maybe I dodged a bullet by not having that. <laughs> I mean, after all, you want to run for president one day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think for me, like the first three things I'll say just like from the, the not the technical side exactly, but like the process side, um, I would have way simplified the art. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much custom bullshit that I did for no reason uh, over the years that just slowed down the process of putting out episodes. Um, I would say uh, when I originally did this as a school project, I should have been more rigid about the format and what my expectations for everybody who was participating was and maybe given them some homework to like 
put us into a direction of like, hey, we should behave at least somewhat uh, formatically <laughs> and, and not just be like a complete chaos. So if anybody came in, we're like, what the hell is, is this happening on this podcast? I definitely wouldn't have had the hiatus in there. <laughs> And also, the last thing, you kind of hit it momentarily a second ago, but um, I, a part of me, regrets choosing the name for the podcast. Um, mm -hmm. I thought it was fun and clever uh, when I was in college. I, th I wonder if people avoid it because it's a spoiler warning. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it sounds stupid, but, like, I wonder if people are like, but I don't want to be spoiled. I want to know what movie I should I definitely encountered people who knew me, who knew that I had a podcast, who said, I haven't listened to it because I don't want to be spoiled for the movie. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> so, anecdotally, it exists. And, and, and like, like, that was why I want, you know, back when we used to... There was a few times where we experimented with, like, overcast ads. Um, and, like, the description of the show always ended with and as always spoilers saved for the end like because i wanted people to if you actually read the little text below the name of the show you know that there's not actually mm -hmm. spoilers um but you, you can't undo you can't undo the, the 17 years of precedence right <laughs> mm -hmm. it's just it's just where we are now i agree yeah, I mean, the SEO aspect is also, like, you cannot search the spoiler warning and have us come up first. Even if if you don't put the quotes in the exact right place, you can be, like, spoiler warning podcast discussion of X movie, and we aren't the first hit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good times. All right. We're really, 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 really almost done. Mm -hmm. Last segment, we want to talk about the future, what could possibly be held for this show, what do we want to do. So, Stephen, looking forward, what aspect of the podcast would you like to improve or change? Yeah, so I, I've loved doing the show. Um, definitely really happy about it. I do think we have hit a point now where we are not necessarily seeing as many new releases, or maybe there just haven't been as many exciting new releases as there were five years ago. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true or, or if that's even just pre-pandemic. <laughs> yeah, or maybe you know, we're, to be honest, we're at places in our lives now. You're, you're engaged. I'm married. We have a little bit more. I won't say responsibility uh, because our significant others are listening to to this, <laughs> and and I don't mean it like that. But we have more reasons to not want to go out to the theater at last minute, especially for a thing that you think is going to be diminishing returns. Yeah, and because of that, we could either try to force it and try to make it so every weekend, no matter what's coming out, we commit to one or two and power through. Or we come up with something where we sprinkle in other discussions that we think would be interesting. Yeah. Like you touched on that already. Going back and looking at a movie that you would really like to revisit. Doing some kind of gimmick where we talk about movies from this weekend 20 years ago or whatever it is as a way to just kind of widen the pool of things we can talk about. Yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun. And I think... I think listeners would like it and it would maybe help us keep the regular cadence that right now we aren't always keeping when it comes to new new releases. Yeah, and I think that like being able to get a few things in the can and sprinkle them out over time to keep the feed fresh and active while still allowing us to ebb and flow with life and, and what we're doing um, would be helpful. 
Um, but also we might end up in a world where suddenly the release calendar turns into something that we all genuinely really, really care about again. And now we're like, oh shit, did you see this? Oh shit, did you, let's, let's get on mic and talk about it. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, I definitely put a listener numbers question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. I want dividends on this, <laughs> this mm-hmm. work. Uh, but yeah, in all in all seriousness, this bleeds into the next the next question of of just kind of like other alternate segments. Um, it's all kind of wrapped in. Um, there is, I have a dream of one day having enough list, listener interaction that we could do regular mailbag episodes, Mm-mm. like once a month, once a quarter. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I would love that. Like something freeform, like these episodes are. Um, or th- these episodes, this episode that we might never do again, depending on what kind of feedback we get from it. But just being able to kind of like experiment with having general conversations that don't require us to have seen and either hated or loved a film, um, but be able to talk about mm-hmm. film stuff. I have had a dream for years of introducing the spoilies, which would be our yep. spoiler warning, spoiler warning award show. That would be just for us where throughout the year we add things to like a short list of things that we will eventually nominate for this award at the end of the year. And at the end of the year, we would do our, our end of year recap. We would follow that up with the spoilies sometime before the Oscars where we could give all our awards for all of our things. Um, and then, uh, go on with the rest of the year, you know, doing the normal thing. Um, I think that would be incredibly fun. Um, yeah yeah I, I love that idea i think it would be a lot of fun i i also i think this one is where our our media consumption diverges a little bit i feel like you already talked a little bit about going back into the archives and like checking out stuff that is like older films um but i feel like you don't necessarily keep up with like quote-unquote prestige television in real time no um, not at all it, it would be fun to at the end of a new season or a limited run show, do a single recap episode mm-hmm. of just our thoughts on that entire season. Yeah, I would be willing. That that would be the kind of goal-oriented thinking that would trick me into watching more prestige television. <laughs> <laughs> and that one is, you know, that that one I think is, that's the scarier thing because it's way higher level of input to produce something mm-hmm that might receive a lesser output because you know if you're not doing it if you're not if you don't put that episode out like the week after the finale airs it is completely irrelevant it feels like um yeah so it's hard to it's hard to do that but yeah we would never do like a weekly recap anything yeah but being able to be like you know what that season of television was great we have something to say about it let's convene to to chat about it i would be willing All, all i would ask for that because like you said it's a lot of input for potentially not a lot of output um it works best if it is likely to be a thing that you think we will both be very glad that we watch right and then it's just a thing that we're incorporating into our life because we want to watch it and then we get to talk about it at the end of the season um 
And so my bar for the television series would probably be a little bit higher. And I want some veto card where if a few episodes in, it's looking like it isn't good, we can pull the ripcord and be like, nah, we're not we're not going to discuss that one. We're not going to commit to another eight episodes of this thing before we record a podcast. Well, in, in, in my version of this world, I'm watching the show anyways. And it's just right. if the show is good enough to bring you in. Oh, then oh yeah i like that we, so you do all the hard stuff <laughs> well like I, I mean in general like it, like it would be like i get i get three episodes into the show and i go holy shit steven i think this show is really good mm-hmm. and i think you would like it we don't even announce that we're going to do an episode it's just we finished right. the series it's good enough and i think you're going to like it or it's like steven you're either going to love this or it shits the bed in the last episode but either sure. way it's going to be i've been worth it and then we make a call at the end like hey i think we could talk about that and then we figure out how to do that like i'm in i'm i'll do it when did how did we even decide to do russian doll uh i don't know it's funny in my head it was a very covid thing that we did but i looked at the date and it couldn't have been i think russian doll was like late 2019 (laughs) yeah i don't because in my head that was one of those times where we were grasping for content in a world where we were not able to leave um (laughs) and i don't I don't think that was true. I, I don't know what made us do it. I think we were just excited enough about it. Maybe it was a dry weekend and we were still used to kind of releasing an episode every weekend, no matter what. Um, it'd be interesting to look into it. Yeah. But anyways, that's all possibilities. Um, and once again, hate hate to try to plug it again, but fans of the spoilerwarning.com, if you have opinions on whether any of that stuff sounds interesting to you, please let us know. Um, yeah, please. We will. We will literally do anything <laughs> you tell us to do. And yeah, I think, I think we could probably just wrap that up there. I think, Stephen. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you know, I, I said before to try to keep your podcasts, you know, toward the hour mark, unless you have a big, you know, glowing audience of listeners who love what you do. Occasionally, episodes like this, I'm fine. You know, we can we can spread our wings a little bit and enjoy the conversation. Yeah, occasionally, like once a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or once ever. <laughs> but yeah, that is going to do it for this uh, state of the podcast episode, which is either the first ever or first annual <laughs> one of these that we do. Um, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? Uh, people can find me uh, on pretty much any social network at sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or Christopher IRL on whatever services still have active accounts for me. Um, you know, you can find me at Twitter, mastodon.social uh, threads, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, every once in a while I touch yeah. a thread. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. Plug that one more time. Or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode... It's either going to come from a track selected from artlist.io or I need to go through my email and still and see if I still have if I still technically have a license to use the Peacock song warning. I was about to say we should play it. We should reestablish it. So in the spoilies, you can do a tweaked version of it where it sounds like Oscar music. <laughs> it's, the, it's that song. 
Uh, there was, when I was listening back to uh, regular things, there was, uh, I, I, it must have been the Swiss Army. Did, this, did Carson do a drop in for the Swiss Army Man episode? I don't remember. Okay. Well, there was, there was an episode I was listening to where Carson did a drop in for it. And at some point he goes, oh man, I'm rambling. I'm going to get played off or something. And I missed the opportunity to have music swell underneath it when he said that. Mm-mm. And I was kicking myself now as I was listening back in real time, because that is one of the funnest thing is little drop-ins that I've done over the years. Uh, that is one thing that makes editing a little bit more fun. If Because you used to reference different like online skits and stuff like that, and I would try to drop them in, or there'd be like some little reference in a movie, and if I could grab the clip from somewhere, yeah. I'd throw that in. I remember those days. <laughs> it was good times. All non-problematic characters that you dropped in, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I never dropped anything into any episode of The Spoiler Warning, and they're all gone <laughs> from the feeds now. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, that's it for this very long episode. Hopefully somebody out there in the feeds enjoyed it. We will be back soon with an actual... Oh, we got Dune, too, coming up next week. Mm-hmm. I know. It's coming fast. All right. We will be, we're, we'll be on the back of a giant sandworm <laughs> bringing you a <laughs> review of Dune 2. Whew. Man. I got to go rent the first one in Apple Vision Pro. I got to... <laughs> yeah. I, I am wondering if I should watch the first one again to, uh, to catch up. I, I was hoping they were going to do a double feature at either Alamo or mm-hmm. at the Metreon. Um, but as far as I could tell, they didn't. <laughs> so sad times. But shame. Got a screen at home. Got a virtual screen. Everything's good. See you for Dune, Stephen. See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>